This is Talk of the Town, and I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Michael Davey, a Schenectady, New York native, author of a book called Privileged, Experiences from My Unusual 40-Year Career with One of America's Most Iconic Companies. Privileged chronicles Michael Davey's career with General Electric. Our program comes to you on Magic 590, plus 100.5 radio in Albany, and in the Glens Falls, Lake George area on 1410 and 96.9. Michael Davey, your four immigrant grandparents all worked for Schenectady GE. Where did they come from? What did they do with GE? Well, that's right, Bob. Uh, All four grandparents are from the Campania region of Italy. That's kind of the central band across Italy, which is kind of in line with the port of Naples, where they all sailed from. And the two grandfathers came first, uh, well before World War I, and uh, one of them, neither one of them came to Schenectady first. One went to uh, New Haven, Connecticut, where typically they had relatives and friends from local towns near them in Italy. And uh, the other went to Rome, New York, where, again, he was with some other relatives and friends from back home. And both came as young teens, and eventually to Schenectady because of the need for uh, employment in GE's massive plant here. Both were not formally educated uh, as they came as teenagers, uh, but they, they worked hard and they learned fast. And GE was uh, quick to pick up on that with many uh, many hundreds of immigrants that they hired back then. Sure. I mean, do you know the kind of work that your grandfathers did? Yes. Uh, the one, my mom's dad, Antonio, he was mainly, uh, he had some background, apparently, that he picked up in New Haven in uh, wiring and electrical work. So he got trained to wire uh, switchboards, and I do have records of uh, he completed an armature winding course at GE, so he did some switchboard wiring there. The other grandfather worked on uh, the monitor top refrigerators, which were at the time one of GE's top selling appliances. Really? There was yeah. always a story in my family. I'm not sure of the absolute accuracy of it. My, we're from Amsterdam. And my father had worked at GE in the 20s, and I'm not sure doing what, and then got laid off and never went back. And he ended up working in the Amsterdam carpet mills. But the story was when he got laid off in the Depression, they were talking about uh, shipping him over to the refrigerator department. But alas, that never happened. Interesting. What about your, you, you said all four grandparents, and your grandmothers also worked at GE? Yes, that's right, Bob. What happened, I guess, during the wartime, many men, as you know, were tied up in military service. So GE was trying to augment the workforce, and many women were hired uh, in that period. And both grandmothers went to work at GE in the 1940s, uh, both doing uh, peace-type work uh, inspections of of parts. And uh, again, neither one had formal educations, but like most immigrants of the day, they were hardworking and they were quick to learn. Did they continue at GE after the war? Uh, They did, both until uh, the 1950s, the late 1950s, and I think both were laid off. One retired at that point and the other 
uh, was laid off. My dad's mother, uh, because of a family tragedy, uh, my great-grandfather, who I never knew, passed away from cancer uh, about a month and a half after World War II started. So she was a widow with six children and actually needed to go to work. So she kind of dropped everything, and the oldest child was like 15, and she could help with uh, babysitting, and uh, other relatives and friends pitched in, but she needed to work strictly for uh, for economics. And what about your parents? Did they work for GE? Surprisingly enough, neither one worked at GE. Okay. Both followed uh, other callings. Well, but that's interesting. And, uh, I've had sev- and several uncles. experiences with GE myself. I lived in Pittsfield for a number of years working in a radio. And I, I remember when we first got to Pittsfield, uh, we, we went to, let's say, a cocktail party. Uh, somebody would come up. And I remember it happening to my wife, to my wife. And she would say to my wife, uh, where did, you know, what department your husband work in at GE? And she said, it doesn't work at GE. And my wife said that they looked at her like, oh, you poor dear. You must, uh, what, what do you do? Well, along those same lines, Bob, actually, my fam- my immediate family, aunts, uncles, and first cousins later, uh, we have over two centuries of work experience at GE. I happened to tabulate that up the other day, and I was really surprised by the number. So between the four grandparents, several aunts and uncles, and two first cousins along with myself, we we have something like 212 <laughs> years of GE service huh. in in that immediate part of the family. I mean, sorry to be so nosy, but I mean, what did your parents do for, for a living? Well, because of uh, circumstances, neither one actually had a chance at formal education. My dad ended up working for the uh, city school system. He was a clerk for the city schools. And my mom ended up uh, in basically secretarial work, but ended up in a communications job at Ellis Hospital, and because she was fluent in several languages, she was often called upon to do translations in uh, emergency-type situations where they would get either Italian or Spanish-speaking patients who were under great duress, and uh, they needed to get translators. She, uh, she did a lot of, uh, she volunteered to do that part of her, her job. Yeah, it sounds like important work. We're talking with Michael Davey, uh, who is author of the book Privileged, Experiences from My Unusual 40-Year Career with One of America's Most Iconic Companies. But you come along and you go to college and become an engineer. Uh, how did how did that happen? Yes, well, that's why one of the reasons I considered myself privileged is because I was basically the first one in the family to... Uh, to have the opportunity to go to college and get a, a degree, so I became the first uh, professional employee of GE in the family, and that all came about really from uh, probably all stems all the way back to first grade when the uh, nuns in our school allowed us to watch the first uh, space launch of Alan Shepard, and I became uh, enamored with with space and airplanes and everything science-related, and that fire that got lit back then just never never quit and drove me into uh, science and technology areas. 
What uh, school did you go to, and what neighborhood you live in? You lived, I presume, in Schenectady. Yes, at the I time. lived in the old, in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood, and I attended a local Catholic school, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, which was literally a block away from my house. And was lucky enough in high school went to Mount Pleasant High School, which I mentioned in the book at the time was the top technical high school in the area. All the folks, uh, all the local schools bust their advanced students to our school because we had uh, probably the best science and technology program in the whole whole region. Hmm. And I was and very not, fortunate right. to benefit from that. And I'm not talking about your personality, but what kind of engineer are you? Well, I was a, I'm a mechanical engineer, but perhaps not in the in the strict mechanical sense at RPI, where I later uh, got my BS degree uh, in mechanical, the department was kind of a combined department that combined aerospace, aeronautics, and mechanical. So I took all of my electives. Uh, I was interested in propulsion and jet engines and rockets and things like that. I took all of my electives in the uh, aero, aero part of the program rather than the gears and widgets that traditional mechanical engineers might pursue. Michael Davey joins us on Magic 590's Talk of the Town. He's the author of Privileged Experiences from My Unusual 40-Year Career with one of America's most iconic companies. He's talking about General Electric. Michael, you've been explaining how you grew up in Schenectady and went to RPI to become an engineer. How did you afford that? My parents made a lot of sacrifices to uh, to get me through there, and I'll always be grateful to, for that. That was the uh, huge turning point in my life to to be able to get an education, and hope to pay that forward a little bit with the book. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you: When you graduated, I'm just trying to set this in the context of the years. In '76, this I was the uh, bicentennial class from RPI. In a okay. year when RPI didn't even have a president, uh, I was a year too soon before George Lowe from the Apollo program came over and took over the following year as president. But uh, I graduated in the bicentennial year of 1976. About that. And did you go right to work for GE? Literally, I did because I had two years prior to that, I had stumbled in uh, to literally was a walk on off the street to what was then called a co-op assignment. Now it's called internships. But due to an aunt that was a placement director at community college, she uh, she was putting folks, uh, two-year graduates, into uh technical jobs at GE, and she just couldn't get enough students there, so she sent me over there one the summer between my, uh, before I started at RPI, and GE hired me, and that really opened the door for me. They, they literally hired me right out of college. Uh, the, I graduated on a Friday, and the following Monday, I started at GE. How about that. And you stayed there. I mean, you and didn't I go ever there, leave. Through ups and downs and uh, all kinds of things, even a layoff and all kinds of perturbations GE went through from the 70s right up till recent years. Another point about Michael Davies' college education, he did start out at a less expensive school than RPI. And when he uh, got to RPI, he was on a partial scholarship. Michael, 
What kinds of products did you work on at General Electric? I think my career was most defined probably by gas turbines, Bob. That's that's really where I made my name and where I learned and contributed the most to GE in uh, supporting gas turbines, uh, both in component designs uh, earlier in my career and later as an application engineer where I helped the sales and marketing guy sell our uh, power turbine products uh, around the world. So you were kind of part of the sales force? Is that what it became or no? Well, we were still considered part of engineering, but that part of engineering was we really didn't make or were, were not responsible for any products. Our job was to provide technical assistance to sales to uh, to sell products. You say that um, you worked in services engineering. What, what does that mean? Yes. In, in the early years when I first started and later in my career, as kind of a culmination, I, I ended up in services. The services business sir, offered technical services to do repairs, uh, maintenance on GE equipment, basically. And some of our equipment is pretty complicated, as you might guess, and takes quite a bit of technical knowledge and skills to do repairs and maintenance on that equipment. Which is why they needed an engineer or engineers in that area? Exactly, exactly. Even the some of the equipment required development of specialized tools and the use and knowledge of those tools and the understanding of the equipment and how it works, how it comes apart, how it, how it goes together, and how to uh, special coatings on, on hot parts, thing, things like that are all kind of proprietary information, very specialized, and GE offered many different packages and levels of service for, for their equipment. Now, gas turbines, I mean, it's a machine that generates electricity, is that correct? Yes, it's really a call a prime mover because it the gas turbine part actually is the part that provides the energy to turn the generators, which are mounted on the end of the turbine, and the generators are the part that actually create the electricity. You uh, write that you had extraordinary work assignments. What was one of those? I, I did, Bob, and, and that's why the word unusual is in the subtitle of the book. From the very first day I started, literally two hours into my first day, I got tabbed to, to do a very unusual job, which was to play jet engine noises to a flock of seagulls down in a wildlife preserve in New Jersey. And there's a lot more behind that story. Uh, GE had just come out with the new CF-6 engines, which were on the all the wide-body planes of that era, the 747s, DC-10s, L-1011s. And those engines were thought to, because of a number of bird strikes, were thought to possibly have frequencies that they were emitting that were attracting birds. So GE spent a lot of money, and they hired myself and a bunch of other company experts. I literally got to work with some of the top people in the company because this was considered a very hot topic. Uh, and for a new guy to get thrown into that on his first day was just absolutely incredibly amazing and fortunate. And I had a ball doing it, and I worked with some really fantastic people. Over uh, for over 30 years now, I've lived in Glenville, which is home to a good number of, of GE engineers. And you sometimes hear engineers depicted as being very smart, but hard to live with, demanding individuals. Are you one of those? Boy, I don't think so. I I was 
considered by most of the folks I worked with to uh, to be a lot of fun to work with. And I, most of the engineers I worked with were uh, super. You know, they were some of the best people in GE. I just had the great fortune of working, being paired up with some of the top talent, and I seemed to get along with them pretty well. I, I don't know if it was anything magic or just luck or, or what, but something seemed to drive me to, to work with these folks, and we got along quite well. And They all taught me. Uh, they were all much smarter than me, I think, and I just was a sponge to absorb all, all that they were teaching. Can you identify, you say you, you worked with fascinating characters, you know, a character either by name or, or just uh, in general, you know, who are some of these people and what made them interesting? Absolutely. Well, Berkeley Davis comes to mind right away. He, Dr. Berkeley Davis was probably one of the major influences on my career very early on. His dad was a vice president. He's He's a really sharp guy, probably one of the smartest guys I've ever worked with in my whole career. He's part of the National Academy of Engineering, which, you know, very few people get invited to join that. He's got awards and patents uh, galore. He, he just was a super, super smart guy, and he transferred technology. He, he single-handedly developed some components that really are still in our gas turbines 50 years later. He's He's retired and in the area, and still a close personal friend of mine. Uh, he was a great, great influence and kind of a informal mentor through, through much of my career. I would go to him when I had issues or concerns, and he always had good advice for me. But Michael, a GE stock price has been down of late. The dividend on the stock has been cut. There have been layoffs in Schenectady. GE has been going through a rough patch. What do you think is the future of General Electric? Well, that's a really good question. And for, for those of us that are retirees that get together periodically, we're all uh, greatly disappointed and disheartened by what's happened uh, to GE. Uh, whether it's going to survive uh, this is a really good question. It's going to be a very, very different company going forward. I hope this new guy, Culp, that's the CEO, can get things turned around. But the Problems are, are long-term problems that had been festering for quite some time. I think they go back to the Welch era, and I think Welch did some things that were, you know, at the time he was, you know, hailed for, for doing these fantastic things, but he basically turned GE from a technology company into a bank and an insurance company. And that almost cost the whole company in 2008 during the big crisis if it wasn't uh, for some bailout money uh, they they received uh, they they would never have uh, survived even 2008 and then certainly the the board has was not doing its job in overseeing the the most recent uh, CEO Jeff Amel who succeeded Welch and that's that's really left a lot of us uh, very distraught over over what's become of all the hard work and and technology uh, efforts we put into the company. When did you retire? In May of 2016, almost uh, 
just about 14 days from to the day when I was hired uh, 40 years prior to that. And yet you see another goal of your uh, book, uh, encouraging young people to consider careers in technology. Yes, I think uh, a couple of points there, Bob. I, I definitely want to uh, emphasize how important education was because it really changed the whole trajectory of my life and gave me a chance that that few that no one before me in the family really had. And uh, I, I think it's a great field. I think there's a there's a need. We, we've got a lot of problems in this world, and I think uh, technology offers uh, many many solutions to those problems. We just need uh, need folks to get in and and be interested in that field and contribute. You've been listening to Talk of the Town on Magic 590 and 100.5 in Albany and 1410 and 96.9 in the North Country. Our guest, Michael Davey, author of Privileged Experiences from My Unusual 40-Year Career with one of America's most iconic companies, GE. This program will be podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com. I'm Bob Cudmore.